You're listening to a podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au where we celebrate talented Australian writers and their books. Well, I'm at the Bellingen Writers' Festival, which is a very exciting place to be at the moment. And I have met someone very, very interesting here that I would like to introduce you to. And uh, this is David P. Writer. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Um, I listened to you on a panel talk this morning. Uh, and I'm holding two books of David's I'll, I'll mention at the moment. One is Time Lord Dreaming, with a very interesting cover. And another one, another fabulous cover, My Planets, which has a sticker on it that you must be very proud of Western Australian Premier's Book Award winner yes <laughs> well David please tell me about these two books alright well we'll start with My Planets since it's the older of the two uh, and the the genesis of this this book was that I was separated from my biological parents at birth my biological mother my mother and father weren't married at the time and in those days you know it was just not done to keep a child out of out of wedlock so uh, was this in Australia this was in the United States so my place of birth was Cleveland Ohio so uh, that's that's where it all started so I was um, uh, initially put into foster care uh, and uh, and then into a into an orphanage, a Jewish orphanage. Goodness me. Right, and about two years after the fact, I was adopted by a Jewish family. Uh, my biological parents were also Jewish. And um, so I grew up as the only child in that, uh, that uh, Jewish family. Uh, and my father, my adoptive father died when I was 13, which was a, quite a crushing crushing blow because yeah, I got on very well with him and uh, uh, so then I had a number of years with with my mother unfortunately she was not the most mentally stable person so it was kind of a stormy number, number and of, of course years. if your your um, adopted father died that would have affected her greatly yes I'm, I'm sure that it did I mean at the time you you don't understand what's what's going on but you know she had it tough because uh, you know she was an only parent and she had to support the the family uh, uh, my my father was a self-employed truck driver uh, and his dream was to to build a house for the family because we were living in in uh, in uh, rented accommodation uh, and just before he was he actually had together the down payment on a house he had a heart attack on the 4th of July oh. and and died the next day oh my goodness so that's not a very happy celebration for no, you it wasn't a very very happy time so it's a small no small wonder that it took a while for me to be even be interested in looking looking for my biological uh, family my my wife uh, Cherie uh, persuaded me. I think she 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 had ulterior motives, but she said, "Well, why don't you why don't you find try to find them at least for the medical medical records?" So I found this site called the International Reunion Registry 
in Carson City, Nevada, and it's a, it's a an organization run by the the Mormons, entirely by volunteers, and the way that it works is you fill out a form, you send it into them, and if the other party sends in a form, there's a match and they let you know. Well, wow. imagine this is 50 years after the fact. I send in my form, and six weeks later, I get a call at 2 a.m. in the morning, because Americans have no concept of time zones, saying we have a match. Wow. <clears throat> what was that moment like for you? It, well, well, it was magical. It was, uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, very powerful. And uh, the, the woman on the other end of the line said, uh, well, would you like your mother's phone number, or would you like her to ring you? And I said, that's fine, I'll ring her. <laughs> So I rang her at, uh, the next day, and we spoke as though we had always known each other. It was amazing. And, uh, That's just a marvelous outcome, isn't yeah, it? So that was the beginning of the reunion. She and uh, my half-sister, who actually put her up to the idea of, uh, of submitting her form, uh, came out to Australia and we had a reunion and there's a picture of the reunion in the in the, the book So from that point on it was a matter of talking to her talking to relations going back to Cleveland uh, talking to uh, to people on her side of the family getting their 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 side of the story collecting photographs and whatnot and then there was the other side of the family on the day that I spoke to my mother for the first time I said can you tell me anything about my biological father and she gave me an address, she gave me a name, and she said, this is where he lives. So they were divorced? They never married. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they never married in the, right. in the first place. So I, I penned a very careful letter, uh, because obviously it wasn't a mutual thing in the first instance, sent it off to America, and uh, a few weeks later got another call at about 2 a.m. in the morning from a woman who didn't introduce herself, but she said, is this Dr. David Reiter? And I said, yes it is. And she said, uh, what are you a doctor of? And I, in retrospect, I think only a Jewish mother could <laughs> have asked that, that, that particular question. She had a reason for it because her eldest son by Leonard, um, her, her, um, her spouse of 40 years, was a medical doctor. Right. And he was at the University of Washington, right. a pediatric cardiologist. The irony of it, and the book is filled with coincidences like this, is that I started out in pre-med. I did an internship in high school with a, a cardiologist <laughs> who, who ferried me around the hospital and introduced me in, into that, that sort of thing. So on that side of the the case it was reluctance it was defiance it was we don't know you you need to prove yourself uh, my eldest half-brother on that side came out to australia with his wife um, and we spelt, spent an uncomfortable few hours in the house where he was kind of grilling me and trying to you know to to, to, to gather evidence about the fact and finally his his wife said to him uh, michael You've always wanted a bro another brother. Here you are. <laughs> That's <laughs> and that amazing. Kind of broke the what ice. an amazing story. So, so when these contacts came to you, you were living in Australia. But, yes. Uh, did you marry 
an Australian yes. wife. Is yes. that is that why yes. you're here? Cherie, Cherie, <laughs> my wife is is Australian. Yeah. yeah, you met her in the states. I didn't actually, and oh. and the people often ask when they. You know, hear the accent. Well, how did you come to Australia? And the line I give him is, "The woman before, the woman I'm with now." <laughs> and Cherie is the woman I'm with now. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so tell me a little bit about the book now, My Planets. So that was that was your uh, initial um, experience. And is this is this a book about that experience? Or? It is. And I was questioned in the in the session at the festival about why I had the subtitle a fictive memoir and the reason is that uh, people's memory 50 years on you know is not all that reliable and also people have a habit as we saw in the last session in memoir of trying to build themselves up you know not being entirely honest so I had to not only mediate between conflicting stories between family members but also fill in gaps Yes. You know, for yes. example, there's there's a, a little anecdote. Well, there's a piece in the book, where um, which is called "Dancing with Sinatra." Wow. My mother at one point let let slip the fact that she almost had a relationship with Frank Sinatra. Wow. And I said, "Well, tell me more. Tell me more. Spit it out." And she wouldn't tell me any more than that. And so, but there is a dancing in Sinatra section where I invent a relationship between her. So oh. that's, that's the kind of the way that it works. It's a mixture of fiction and fact. Other people ask, well, why is it called My Planets? And the, uh, a couple of reasons, because, as I said before, mediating between different realities, you become aware of the fact that reality is relative. Absolutely. And so the, I came up with the idea of the metaphor of planets mm-hmm. in, in a sense that because reality looking up at an evening sky on Venus will be different from looking up at an evening sky uh, from Earth. It's about perspective and lenses, perspective. isn't it? Really? And also, I've always been interested in mythology, and the, the mythology associated with the various planets provided a structural way of organizing this massive information by theme. So the, the Venus yeah. section has to do with, you know, sections to, to do with love. The Mars section has to do with conflict. That's fantastic. And I I just want to read a little bit on the back of the book, which fascinates me. My Planets is, in fact, a suite of works. A physical book, yes, an enhanced e-book incorporating images, music, sound and video with spoken word and text, a film. Like most of David P. Reiter's work, it challenges the boundaries, changing shape with the message, inviting the reader to time travel on a TARDIS of the mind, making his planets your own. Explain to me the digital Hence side the of this. the t-shirt that I'm wearing, which is about... <laughs> Doctor Who and the TARDIS <laughs> on his t-shirt. That's right. Well, this was the, the start of a long process. It was a physical book. It's got black and white images, but I had this massive photographs. I had video footage, uh, and I just wanted to take it one step further, and I wanted to, to make it more of a global work. Mm-hmm. So I proposed... Is Interactive Press, is that your your Interactive Press company? is imprint, yeah, within IP, which is my publishing your company. Your publishing company. That's right. So, so, folks, you know that I'm always saying that self-publishing is a great idea. Here is a fabulous, you know, example of what you can do. That's right. Okay. So, so I took the project proposal to the Banff Centre for the Arts in Canada, 
which is one of the foremost new media centers in the world. And then I explained what I've told you uh, to them, and I said, I want to lift this into the digital area. And they said, yeah, sounds great. Uh, we've got our web people who would love to work on this. And uh, so I, I spent six weeks in the middle of the forest in a, in a, in a um, studio called the Hernandez Studio, which is a recycled fishing boat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> purpose fishing boat working on the film aspect of the planets while they were working on the web aspects. And I should mention that um, I'm very interested in music, so the, the, the film has the, has the soundtrack from the, the Planet Suite by Gustav Holst, which uh, I got permission for from the Vienna How Philharmonic. wonderful is that? Yeah. So it's a free site. Uh, if you Google My Planet's Reunion Memoir, you can go on to it and you can view it. Right. So it's got a, it's got sequences of film. It's got text. It's got audio readings. It's got interactivity. And, that's and that's absolutely fantastic. And in the uh, contents, of course, you've got it all um, uh, under the planets. We've got a section called Mercury, Venus, Earth, and so on. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So that looks like a fantastic project. Um, and what year did that come out? Uh, 2012. Right, okay. And so we come to Time Lord Dreaming. Tell us about that. Well, TARDIS again. <laughs> TARDIS again. So <laughs> you can tell I'm a Doctor Who fan. Um, but uh, about a year ago, um, we were sitting watching TV, just a normal evening, and I felt this pain in my side, which I could, you know, put down. You know, for a while I thought, well, it's, you know, something to do with eating and what whatnot. But it just kept getting worse. So I told Cherie about this, and she said, I think we better get you to hospital. So they called the ambulance, and by then the pain was really bad. The paramedics came in, and, you know, they asked me to rank the pain from 0 to 10, so forth and so on. They, they had no idea what was wrong. So they were giving me increasing doses of morphine in the <laughs> ambulance as we were going to the hospital again asking me to rank the pain got to the hospital they they did all these tests couldn't figure out what was going on and um and in the process this inter not intern res um medical person anyway uh nurse or whatever he was came by and i looked at him and i said you know and i, I was in this medicated semi-medicated state and he looked like the spitting image of the current Doctor Who Peter oh, wow and I thought you know, <laughs> you know this is not possible and this this character kept coming back you know in and out through my medicated haze and finally he said okay they can't figure out what's wrong with you I'm going to I'm going to get them to do a uh, get them to do as you know a CT scan so, you know, here's, here's someone who's an orderly, yeah, that's it, an orderly who, you know, persuaded the medical staff that they needed to take that step. They found out, they did the CT scan, and they discovered that I had a gallbladder, inflamed gallbladder. So the specialist came in and said, you know, we've got to do an emergency operation, get this out, and so forth and so on. And, and they, you know, he was very calm and, you know, collected about it. But he came back... Uh, after the operation said it was pretty messy it was actually gangrenous 
no. So it had. It, it's just as well that they caught it. And you, you are a medical doctor, is that right? No, I'm not a medical. Oh, you're not a medical not a, doctor, I'm right? PhD in, in writing, actually. Oh. Uh, yeah. Nice. So yeah, the pre-med pre-med didn't last last very long. So I ended up spending nearly two weeks in the hospital because there were infections and whatnot. And um, but during that time, I found myself, you know, in a very different role because I'd never been in hospital for an operation before, except tonsils and whatnot. It's and quite a culture shock, isn't it? A culture shock because suddenly you're a number. Not because, you know, I, nothing nothing to criticize the medical staff. It's just they're under pressure. They've got all these patients to deal with, so you do become a number. So I began to relate to that role and uh, uh, try to come to grips with it, reflect on it in snippets, because I couldn't do it in any long kind of way so the idea of you know of trying to capture the essence of certain moments in that experience twitterizing it twitterizing it so I actually invented a form called the tweetum which which is a cross between a, the Twitter restriction of, of, of 140 characters per item and the and the haiku it's fantastic, and I would like to read a couple I've just found that I think are fantastic in here. One's called Night Nurse One. Can you tell me your name, DOB, known allergies, categories, dust, hashtag pollens? This needle's not just for anyone. <laughs> that was a recurring. That was a recurring uh, piece, as you'll see in the yeah. book. You'll also notice that there are hashtags, as, yes. as you might expect, uh, in Twitter. And the ebook version of the of the of Time Lord Dreaming actually does have live links. So if oh, you click on, on those on those uh, hashtag words, you go to external websites. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's documentary. You know, any number of things relating to the. So there's a cross-pollination between between print and digital here, yeah, which is absolutely. which is very exciting form. You know, yes. we're at the edge of of, of uh, what's happening in the world. This I like this hashtag short-term loss. <laughs> I don't remember the tube slithering down my throat, the interrogations, snips, bleed, metal plug, seal, hashtag curtain call. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fantastic. So. Um, David, what are you working on right now? Uh, well, a couple of projects, a couple of projects that I have in mind. Um, uh, several years ago, I was commissioned to write a one-act play for 4MBS, um, a uh, the classical radio station in Brisbane, about Tchaikovsky <clears throat> and the relationship he had with a woman called Nadezda von Meck. Uh, and Tchaikovsky, is, as you probably know, was, was gay, so it was a very interesting relationship. She was, uh, she was his benefactor. Nice. His benefactor, yeah. and I think probably because she was infatuated with him. So she, she provided all this money, introductions and whatnot. She actually managed to get him, you know, his music in front of the the most important of course in those days benefactors were very important both in the music world and in the art world i believe that's mm. right so even though he had uh, he had a uh, position at the moscow conservatory he had a falling out with uh, i think rubenstein was the fellow's name uh, who was kind of the head of his department so he didn't last there 
for very long. So he, you know, he, he went back to his hovel and he, he composed music. And um, Nadezda uh, offered him accommodation on her property, you know, far away from, from Moscow, so he could have the solitude to work on his music. And she, she was his first listener. She, you know, critiqued his music. She made suggestions about it. And, and he Were you writing about this? Is, how did they find you to do this job? <laughs> uh, well, because uh, we kind of have a relationship with 4MBS in the sense that they have a performance studio, so we, o- we often have events there. But, uh, you know, so you're a Queenslander, yes. actually, yes. because I, I noticed that your award is the West Australian Premier's yes. Award. How did that work? Well, there are various state, state awards that you can submit your work to. and You don't have to be a West Australian. You don't have to be a Western Australian for this particular award. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I did that. So the, my idea was to, to make this into a, um, into a theatrical performance, which, which I did to explore the relationship between the two characters, because it was really bizarre. Because on the one hand, she was infatuated with him, and she kept dropping all of these hints and he was kind of holding her at bay and whatnot and one of these times when he he went off into the bush to to deliver her place they actually met they crossed paths and the suggestion is that she 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 organized that to happen and apparently the scheming woman <laughs> that's right she was a scheming woman they saw each other and it was kind of like that you know that was a that was a breaking point for the relationship, right? Yeah, and so so this is so this is a play that you're you're working on. What's the starting point? And uh, you know, I I was you know um, talking to Jane Mercer about her her radio play, you know, Dear Doctor Chekhov, you know, and, which you know, is sensational. We heard a panel talk with her, and that's something well worth looking at. Yeah, but the parallels between what she's doing with Chekhov and what what I've plan to do with Tchaikovsky are interesting. Yeah. Uh, as she's pointed out, uh, Radio National no longer has their their um, radio play series, so I'll have to find another way to, <laughs> to put that out. But yeah, that's You'll have to do one of those um, um, fundraising uh, <laughs> ventures online yeah, <laughs> and uh, do the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. So... Um, Tell me about your um, uh, day-to-day life. Are you a full-time writer, or, or do you have a different job as well? Or, or? Well, I wear several hats. Uh, I, I run the publishing company, Interactive Publications, or IP for short in Brisbane. So does this mean you publish other people's work? Yes, yes. Uh, the publishing company, in, in uh, Australian terms, is a medium-sized uh, publishing company. We publish 20 titles a year across four imprints. So there's Interactive Press, which does our literary fiction and poetry, Glasshouse Books, which does our trade fiction, nonfiction, and YA. And I have heard of Glasshouse Books, good. definitely. And IP Kids, which does our children's books, and then IB Digital, which does our digital work. So we get, pub- we get uh, authors from all over the country. We don't advertise, it's all word of mouth. Uh, and we're now publishing, well, we have a list of New Zealand authors as well, and we're starting to publish uh, people in North America. We have Right, so, so do you welcome uh, unsolicited manuscripts or not? We are open to unsolicited manuscripts, but because of the, 
you know, we have to we have to manage <laughs> we have to manage the 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 pending floods. So we we do have we do have a submission fee, which uh, which uh, people have to pay. But for that fee, we we actually give them feedback, yeah. which is very very valuable yeah. for any new writer in right. particular. So if if they pay the fee and they submit their material, they're guaranteed of getting at least a page of commentary on the state of their work. And may I ask you what the fee is? Is it expensive or it's reasonable? It's 80, eighty-eight dollars. Eighty-eight. Oh, that's quite reasonable, isn't it? Yes, it's uh, <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> the government gets eight. That's right. Um, so, can you tell me some of the the recent publications you've had that that are exciting? Well, some yeah, some very exciting publications. Um, we've we've uh, recently published a book called Seen and Unseen: A Century of Stories from Asia and the Pacific. Wonderful. It's by a chap by the name of Russell uh, Darnley, uh, who is, um, he li actually lives in Singapore, and he's, he's lived in Asia for a number of, number of years. Very interesting fellow. We met by, almost by chance in Sydney, I think something via LinkedIn. You know, we kind of touched base in LinkedIn, and I was in Sydney, and he was living in Sydney at the time, or he was in Sydney at the time. We got together and we're kind of the same generation. We really hit it off, and you um, know, at that point we weren't talking about public publishing him, but he came back, you know, several months later. And he says, "I've got this collection of essays I'm thinking of working on and whatnot." It took about a year to get them get them into shape, working with our staff and whatnot, but it finally finally came together. He's an Order of Australia. Uh, he's got an Order of Australia medal because he worked as a volunteer after the Bali bombings. He worked wow, as a Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, so that's an exciting book. Uh, we're about to publish our first indigenous author, um, and uh, Irina Dunn here, you know, very prominent in the, in the festival, sent us uh, this proposal from this chap called Harold Hunt. He's a 90-year-old uh, indigenous chap. That's wonderful. And, and he's done everything. And he's, you know, he's been on the wrong side of the law. He's been an alcoholic. He's been a, a druggie and whatnot. But at one rich and fertile ground for a publisher. De definitely, <laughs> and, and for <laughs> certainly for a memoir. But at a particular point in time, he decided to turn his life around. He joined Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, he became a role model for indigenous people. He began serving on various committees and working as a consultant in the government departments and that's where he got his OAM so we're oh that's fantastic we we uh, we really need to promote people like that because it's it's just it's so inspirational isn't it yes yeah. that's yeah. right yeah. Uh, we're also the probably the largest publisher of poetry in, in Australia we publish about six to eight uh, volumes of, of poetry each year uh, you know, it's not a huge money maker, money spinner for us, but because I'm a poet myself, you know, I'm sympathetic, you know, to the plight of poets wanting to get published. So, you know, we've had a number of, um, you know, first-time poets uh, come to us. Uh, Leah Kaminsky, who's here at the uh, at the festival publishing. Yes, we're interviewing Leah. Right. Uh, well, get her to mention stitching, <laughs> stitching things together. Because that's uh, that's a poetry volume she did with us some years ago. We had a competition called IP Picks, which was a national national competition, and she won that competition in in that uh, in that year. That's 
So we've got yeah, some very, very interesting poets uh, coming up in the, in the next little while. Oh, that's just wonderful. So your website for the publishing company is? I-P-O-Z dot B-I-Z. I-P as in intellectual property, <laughs> O-Z for Oz <laughs> dot biz. <That's> right. <laughs> I like that. That's great. So if we've got some emerging writers that, that have wonderful works that they, they want you to look at, um, they can submit on your through your website. Yep. Yes, they, yes, they can. That's and fantastic. We are a green publisher, so we we discour- actually discourage people from sending paper to us. We, we, we uh, uh, suggest that they send word attachments. You know, and and we have a guidelines page, so you've got the website forward slash guide dot htm leads you to the the guidelines page, which gives people advice on how to submit to us. Excellent, that's just wonderful. And um, do you have? We need to finish up. I know there's so much happening here. Um, do you have any advice for some emerging writers? Um, just starting out on their career, what could you tell them? Well, W.S. Merwin had a piece of advice, the great American poet, uh, that applies across all genres. Practice, 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 put your faith in that. So, you know, not, not sending your work out too quickly, uh, working on it. Uh, if you've got full-length works, you know, uh, things like you know, poetry collections, try to get individual poems published in reputable journals first, develop a track record so that when you query a publisher, you've got something to show them besides a body of work. Thank you very much. I think that's so interesting and I think your books look absolutely fascinating. So uh, are they available in, in most good bookshops? Well, they're available for order in most good bookshops, but <laughs> certainly, <laughs> on our, certainly on our website, again, forward slash IP store, takes you to our e-commerce site. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think this is really going to be a fascinating journey. Thank you. Thank you.